0: everyone, this is episode 70 of the Catholics Against Militarism podcast and today I'm excited to tell you about a class I'm offering that starts on July 1st, 2023. It's called Bread Alone, a contemplative study of the Hunger Games for Christians. It's part spiritual retreat, part book club, part Bible study. Students of all ages will walk away with a better understanding of the perennial problem of violence in human society by learning to see it in the context of church history, teaching, and tradition and, most importantly, in the eternal light of the gospel. It runs from July 1st to August 9th, and I hope that some of you will join me. In this episode today, I'm going to read an essay I wrote called To Reach Peace, Teach Peace. It tells the story behind this class, how it came to be, and why Christian parents might want to enroll in it alongside their children this summer. In The Harvest of Justice is Sown in Peace, 1993, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops wrote, quote, an essential component of a spirituality for peacemaking is an ethic for dealing with conflict in a sinful world. The Christian tradition possesses two ways to address conflict, nonviolence and just war. Throughout history, there has been a shifting relation between the two streams of the tradition which always remain in tension. If there is any tension between these two streams of the tradition, it exists only in the most erudite circles of the church, in my opinion. While teaching ancient literature to high school freshmen at at a classical Catholic school for 10 years, I discussed themes of war, violence, and murder with my students on a weekly basis. Their ideas, assumptions, thoughts, and perspectives would have hardly been able would have hardly been distinguishable from those of the most worldly secular humanists. It wasn't their fault. There was no tension in their minds between these two traditions, because they didn't know anything about them. This problem is not limited to kids. Most Catholic adults can't tell you the criteria for the just war theory. Some Catholics might be able to tell you that such doctrine exists. But that's it. Now back when the Hunger Games were first released, I noticed something curious about the Catholic reviews, which I wrote about at LouRockwell.com, and I'll, I'll link to that below. To summarize, Catholic film critics saw very little about the central human problem of war in this wildly popular film that was, in the words of its Roman Catholic author, written about war. And this was after a decade of these people living under a government that was perpetually waging war. It was a massive blind spot. And now that I think of it, I think I'm actually going to read that essay on this podcast, too. The problem is not limited to the laity, either. A Catholic priest once told me in seminary he spent exactly one afternoon studying just war. One afternoon in seven years. And he never learned anything about nonviolence. Of course, except for the sayings in the gospel, right? Some priests think that nonviolence is like a Quaker thing or a 60s thing, or even worse, a sign of the feminization of the church. The problem is not limited to civilians either. I've heard from a number of sources that Catholic military chaplains are not allowed to proactively teach Catholic soldiers the just war doctrine. They are only allowed to bring it up if a soldier comes to them already having a crisis of conscience. And if a priest personally subscribes to the other stream of the tradition, nonviolence, he won't be allowed to even work as a military chaplain. So how can we expect there to be any tension whatsoever in the minds of Catholic soldiers? Not to belabor the point, but even if you had somehow heard of these two traditions, which nobody ever talks about and no homilies are ever given about, and you look them up in the index of the catechism, you would only find one of them there. You can find just war. It's clear. It's laid out next to bullet points. It's pretty simple. But you won't find Christian nonviolence in the Catechism, the other stream of the tradition. Maybe this is because just war theory is rooted in natural law and human reason, and Christian nonviolence is rooted in the divine law. It's not so easy to bullet point the mind of God, is it? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Isaiah 55 8. Bottom line, there can be no tension between the two traditions if, in the words of Father Emmanuel McCarthy, nonviolence is a non-thought, as it is for 99.9% of Catholics, and I would say Christians of all denominations as well. It was certainly a non-thought for me for the first three decades of my life, even though I was raised cradle Catholic, um, until I listened to Behold the Lamb, a series of lectures given on a retreat that were professionally recorded, um, given by Father McCarthy. Behold the Lamb is considered to be the most comprehensive and spiritually profound proclamation of Jesus' vital gospel message of nonviolent love of friends and enemies. And perhaps because of its power, it is also, along with its author, controversial. I had the idea for this class a decade ago. I wanted to teach it as a summer elective at a Catholic school because but I was hesitant to propose it. I was a little worried that it would upset Catholic parents. The Hunger Games is pretty dark, pretty violent, but I thought it stood a chance of being approved. After all, it was a classical school, and there wasn't anything in the Hunger Games that the students weren't already being exposed to in Aeschylus and Homer. My second concern, though, was this. I found Behold the Lamb to be riveting, so riveting that I used to listen to it when I was falling asleep at night. I must have listened to it over and over and over. It was like, it was like I my, my soul had been thirsting for this kind of thing my whole life and I didn't even know it. And then when I heard someone started saying it, I couldn't stop listening. Um, but I wasn't sure it was Catholic because I'd been all Catholic all my life and I'd never heard anything like it. The last thing I wanted to do was lead my students or let myself be led astray from solid sound Catholic teaching. One of my friends, who was an administrator at the school, agreed to listen to the series and weigh in. The verdict? The Hunger Games, a story about children being forced to hunt and kill each other for sport, was approved. Behold the Lamb was banned. (laughs) Sure, I could teach about nonviolence. sure, just don't use those lectures. Don't, 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 don't bring those lectures into it. Um, I asked why not, you know, did they represent Um, Some kind of heresy? Were they historically inaccurate? I genuinely wanted to know. My friend knew far more about Catholic theology than I did. After some back and forth, I was told it's not really the lectures themselves that are the problem. It's just who he is. Who is Father McCarthy? Well, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for several years, you probably know him pretty well. But for those of you who are new, he is a priest in good standing with the Catholic Church. But he is also that priest who says those things. He has been saying them loudly and consistently for 55 years, and he has never been officially censured by the Church for saying them. Nonetheless, he has been a target of what is now called cancel culture. It's pretty funny, actually. There's now an actual organization called Coalition for Cancelled Priests, and they're having a big conference next week in Chicago. Father McCarthy should have been the keynote speaker. Father McCarthy is the OG of Cancelled Priests. Someone should go stand in the hotel lobby at the Hilton in Chicago and hand out flyers about Father McCarthy to Abby Johnson, John Henry Weston, and Father James Altman who are national treasures, but also nationally known. In this morning's newsletter from LifeSite News, I saw that they need to raise $500,000 in their summer campaign to continue to report the truth. Abby Johnson supports a family of nine through speaking engagements. Her husband stays home with the kids. When I invited Father McCarthy to Atlanta to give a conference in 2015, We raised about enough money to fly him down and put him in a hotel room for a couple of nights. And I think he walked away with an additional $500 or something that we collected in an envelope that we passed around at the end of the retreat. Everything he has ever done has been totally grassroots. He doesn't have any institutional support. Just an email list, word of mouth and the workings of the Holy Spirit. He also raised 12 children. I can think of one conservative Catholic publication that is currently bemoaning the fact that they're being canceled for holding true to tradition. They canceled Father McCarthy decades ago with a hit piece. It did damage to his reputation for a long time. Of course, true to the culture of cancelization, the same people who have disagreed with Father McCarthy have never been interested in debating him or even really listening to him. They just take the microphone away and ignore him. Why do they do this? Because once you introduce the idea of Christian nonviolence, the other stream of our tradition, it does create a tension in the mind. And that tension is either the sign of an informed conscience, the sign of cognitive dissonance, or, in my opinion, both. Now, when one experiences cognitive dissonance, either one thing or the other has to get dropped. That's just a psychological fact. And let's face it, Some people do not want the wrong stream of the tradition to get dropped. For some fascinating oral history on Father McCarthy and his background, check out episode one and episode 13 of this podcast. Indeed, cancel culture existed in the church long before traditionis custodis. In fact, I'm also offering a local version of this class in my town. I didn't even bother to try to do it at my church. I've been down that road before. Someone on the parish council will Google Father McCarthy and then they'll get scared and then too much energy will have to be spent trying to diplomatically obtain permission and bypass the gatekeepers. And someone will smugly tell me that, you know, Ellen, if it wasn't for soldiers, we'd all be speaking German right now, blah, blah, blah. Someone um, I probably won't even be allowed to advertise in the church email list, which is fine. I've taken a page out of the playbook of Father McCarthy. I'm just walking around town and putting up flyers and seeing who shows up. I figure it might be better to hold it outside the Catholic Church anyway. Maybe I'll get more, uh, more Christians from other denominations to participate. But I'm also offering this online course. And to wrap up, I did not end up teaching the class to my high school students. Um, during that summer 10 years ago. I passed it off to another teacher. Um, I just didn't feel that I had the materials that would help me teach the spirituality of gospel nonviolence. They really didn't exist. And even if they did exist, I was pretty sure they would not be able to teach it with the clarity and power of Behold the Lamb. And I believed that to teach nonviolence poorly could be worse than not teaching it at all. The school made the wrong call, in my opinion, but I'm not trying to paint them in a bad light. The esteem in which I hold my former colleagues, their love for the church and knowledge of scripture and tradition, their seal of approval on the content of the lectures is one of the most important things that gives me confidence now to teach this material today. For that, I thank them. What Father McCarthy says, it sometimes upsets people. And so this this class is a little bit of a risk. I don't want to upset people, um, but I know that it also changes lives. My friend, the priest who had studied just war for one entire afternoon in seminary, he attended Father McCarthy's conference in Atlanta at my behest. He later told me that he had been so angered by what he was learning that he almost left at lunch and didn't come back, but he stuck it out. He listened and he was very glad that he did. Behold the Lamb changed my life and it has changed the lives of thousands of Christians around the world until I listened to Behold the Lamb. Jesus' way of nonviolent love of friends and enemies had been, quote, so clear to me that it was almost invisible, unquote. I stole that line from my favorite songwriter, Nico Case. I hope this study will make the way, the truth, and the life more visible and scrutable. By, inter- by interweaving Father McCarthy's Behold the Lamb with a compelling, with a compelling narrative like the Hunger Games, I hope to make the study of gospel nonviolence both more appealing and more accessible for people of all ages. Students will be able to apply what they hear in the lectures to the concrete situation they're reading about, which will hopefully lay the groundwork for for some great discussions among family, friends, book clubs, and church groups. I hope to draw students into a deeper pondering of divine law by setting it against a dystopian backdrop, a world in which human beings know no God and can rely only on the faculties of human reason to guide and sustain them. Sometimes we see things more starkly when we see them in relief. Suzanne Collins, author of The Hunger Games, said that she wanted to educate young people about the realities of war. I think she inadvertently educates people about what the world would look like with no faith in God, and we may be surprised in the course of this study to discover just how closely this world that we're reading about resembles our own. In his first message for the World Day of Peace in January 1979, Pope St. John Paul II said, to reach peace, teach peace. This is what I aim to do with this study. I can't imagine growing up in the world today, assaulted by violent images in video games and movies, pummeled by news of the latest school shooting, drawn into false realities through social media and mainstream media. No wonder young people are experiencing Wide head, widespread mental health crises, anxiety, depression, and suicide in unprecedented numbers. I think there's nothing more important than peace that we could be teaching the young. Our Lord said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. I am honored to teach alongside Father McCarthy, who has never copyrighted his life's work, who has made it available to anyone online for free, and who has given me carte blanche to creatively work with it in whatever way I can. Father McCarthy has been my greatest teacher. I want to pass along what he taught me to a new generation who can then work with it in their own minds and hearts and lives, growing closer to Jesus Christ and in cooperation with grace, save their souls, and through that, help to save the whole world. The first offering of this class will take place from July 1st to August 9th of this year, 2023, and it will coincide with the 41st annual 40-day fast for the truth of gospel nonviolence. You certainly don't have to fast to participate in the study, but if you'd like to learn more about that, you can look at episode 8 of the podcast. So I hope you join me for some deep contemplation, discussion, and surely some good debate. This class is open to everyone, ages 14 and up. Parents and grandparents are strongly encouraged to participate with their children or grandchildren. This is actually a perfect study for summer road trips because all of the material, the audiobook of The Hunger Games, as well as Father McCarthy's Behold the Land lectures can all just be listened to. They don't need to be read. It will make for great dinner conversation and teens who are not attending the live discussions with a parent or grandparent will just need parent permission in order to attend on their own. But this really is for adults, um, and so it's not just for kids. And um, if you would like to enroll your teenager in this class and you just don't have time to go through it yourself, and you would prefer that they just be in a class with other teens, um, I would be delighted to open up a new section of the course with enough interest. So if you have a teenager and you'd like them to do this study, um, go ahead and email me at my address. This is through my new company, Teach to the Text, and you can reach me at contact at teachtothetext.com. We teach to the text, not the test. Tests are dumb. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, that's the story behind this class, and thank you for listening, and I hope to see some of you there. It'd be awesome to meet some of you guys in my online classroom. All right, see you later.